0: Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher.
1: Hey, this is Jeremy Ronick Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi,
0: I'm Joel Faraby. Hi,
1: this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And hey, you're listening to you.
2: Snow the Goalie. Snow
1: the
0: Goalie. Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie. Snow, snow the goalie. Snow, goalie. snow the Goalie. Snow the Goalie. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Snow Leagle, the only Flyers podcast, the People's podcast, Players podcast, Prognosticators podcast, PD Light podcast, Pampers podcast, the only Flyers podcast. We got a, a very interesting show for you this week. It's a little bit different, a little bit different than normal, but I think we're going to, I think you're going to enjoy it. As a matter of fact, I would, I would go as so far as to say, I guarantee you're going to enjoy this one because it's something so unique and so interesting. You're just, you know, the thing about like a car crash, you don't want to look, but you can't help, but look, but you can't help. It's kind of like that. We're gonna we're gonna talk about something very similar a little bit later on in the show, and I'm very excited for it. I, I think if there's such a thing as a good car crash, like let's say an unmanned car crash, there's nobody in. It's just just crash demolition derby, crash test
3: crash dummies. Crash test
0: dummies. Yes. Yes. I am I'm very excited for what we're gonna talk about here in a little bit. But before we get there, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't introduce Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at Anthony What's up, boys? Good to see you again this Uh-oh. week. And of course, Bundy himself, Chris Terrian. Find him on Twitter at cTaryan6. What's going on, guys? Great to be here. Another big week. One game
1: left. Um, it's been just like you know. It's funny. I said. I think I said it on some post yesterday. Like it's like I can't believe these guys are still playing. It felt like the season ended like three months ago, and there's still games going on. It's it's just really Anthony. I know we've been around. Like we're just because we're a little older and been through it and. And now you mire this right into the middle of the Sixers series that's going on and it's a mess, man. I mean, and then uh, get, it's, it's a disaster
3: at the uh, Wells Fargo center of late. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I mean, I uh, I'll be, I'll be perfectly blunt and honest with, with, with the fans. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of working on a couple other stories that are, are not related to the actual play on the ice. So <laughs> the Pittsburgh game on Sunday, I got down there and, you know, I was, um, Spent a couple periods doing some, um, you know, doing some digging and doing some work. And, you know, hopefully one of these things will get out to you guys pretty soon. And then after I was kind of done that, it was like, you know, second intermission, start of the third period, and I'm watching some of the game. And the team, you know, they were playing pretty well. And I'm I'm sitting there going to myself, hey, the Phillies are Sunday night baseball. Traffic's going to be pretty damn miserable outside In, in about 15, 20 minutes. I'm not doing anything specific on the game. I'm a, I'm out. <laughs> I left. I left You're the building because I did not want to get stuck in the traffic. Well, because I wasn't going to stick around and do because there was no reason for me to stick for for the, the. The reason I was down there was for other stuff and um yeah. and I got what I needed and you know and I'm just kind of just sitting there watching the you game don't. and I'm like. You know what they could have done
1: with you, Sunday night, Anthony? I'm going to tell you this. I actually, if they knew better, if they knew what was about to come, you could have actually went over to the Phillies game and been the home plate umpire for that Sunday night game. (laughs) And you would have done a better job than the clown they had doing it
3: that night. Oh, my
0: God, dude. (laughs) That that'll that that get oh, you that your robot. That's
1: going to land the, that league a robot. You keep having guys like that around. That's a joke. What a terrible. You know, thing. it's, that it's
0: funny you mention that because Anthony and uh, our dear friend Bob Wankel over on Crossed Up. I was listening because uh, I always have to. I always listen. Um, they were talking about the the potential um, implementation of of automated calls, specifically from a sports betting perspective. That it is really going to be difficult as a lot of these leagues continue to take money from sportsbooks for sponsorships. To have the human error be that bad, and it's it's not necessarily just the microtransactional of is this next pitch going to be a ball? Is it going to be a strike? That could obviously be a thing. It can dramatically influence, uh, you know, an at bats result, and ultimately it can sway. It could swing not only the the total runs, but it can also you know sway the spread and also the final result of the game. That might be the reason. That and Angel Hernandez, because he's awful. Oh. Those things together might lead to uh, automation in baseball. But that's a conversation for Crossed Up.
3: Yeah, we, we already Eat. had that. We already had a conversation. The, the one thing that I'm actually kind of still paying attention to here as the regular season winds down, there's still three more days in the regular season. Um, there's tonight. tonight uh, we're recording here Thursday morning. Um, there's tomorrow. There's no games on Saturday. And then there's one game on Sunday, which is actually an important game for the Flyers, believe it or not, because – If uh, Seattle Kraken actually have three games left and the Flyers have one, if the Kraken win two of the three, they pass the Flyers. The Flyers fall to the third worst record, have that much more of a chance of getting the number one overall pick. So the game on Sunday actually has meaning for the Flyers. But the thing I'm paying attention to, not
0: not even that, is – Pause pause there for a second because I have one thing there. This team had one job down the stretch. Lose every goddamn game you could right they and weren't weren't what do, his, do they do they, they beat they the habs his, yeah, they, they, they beat the habs as as fine you, you you'd expect them to beat the habs but you beat the penguins and like yes at, at a at a uh, a fundamental level you want to say all right that's great because we we always want the flyers to beat the penguins but not in this case not in this yeah. case one it didn't it didn't <sighs> drastically alter much for the penguins uh playoffs right well, but it, it could it, but it also but it also the bigger issue here is you know, now you're talking about Seattle has to win two of their last games. If you lose that game in regulation, it's a, it's a one-point disparity at this point between you and Seattle. And then it's not Seattle has to win two. It becomes, does Seattle win one game? And that, that to me, it's whatever, right? Like, in the grand scheme of things, when you talk about the odds, it's a 2% difference between the fourth-worst record and the third-worst record. But if you're trying to get the highest pick possible, man, why did you have to beat the Pens now? Well, I right. like it. I like it because because if,
3: um, Boston can still. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Washington can still catch Pittsburgh, uh, and finish third in the division. Washington has an option here. I mean, they they have to win their last two games. But you know, do you go all out and win the last two yep. and play the Rangers in the first yep. round? Or do you not and play Florida in the first round? So I think Washington's going to really try and win these last two games if they do, regardless of what happens with the Penguins. If Washington wins these last two games, they avoid Florida. If, yeah. And Pittsburgh falls and has to play Florida in the first round. So I think that the Flyers winning that game did affect Pittsburgh a little bit. But more importantly, um, and I think that this is something, and you know we could talk about it maybe after we get our – we have an interview coming up here in about five, uh, three or four minutes. Um, and we, Maybe we can wrap the show with this. But um, after the last couple years, because of COVID and because, you know, we haven't been able to really see teams from the other conferences much this year, we we're finally able to see them again. Um, I'm finally allowed to vote for awards again, guys, after two years of not being able to vote uh, for the for the N- uh, NHL awards. Uh, I got my vote back this year, which is great. Um, and uh, I, you know, I'm started to look at it and I'm having a hard time. And so I could use some input. You know, I could use some some I, like I think that these decisions are hard for especially for the, the Hart Trophy and for Norris like the two, two the two big ones that we vote for of course we vote for Calder and Selke as well and those are a little bit different um, you know top rookie top um, you know or top two way forward I think that those are there's are a little bit easier to, to vote in this year uh, but I think that the, the Hart Trophy I got like six different guys that no. I think our contenders this year you have um, and deserving contenders. You have in, do you have I do have Shusterkin in yeah. there. Yeah, well, that's why I said we should talk about it. Um, and I think the Norris Trophy, same thing. Again, it comes usually what ends up happening is, is the voters vote for the defenseman who scores the most points, which is not fair, right? And no. I, I'm sure Bundy as a defenseman, yeah. like, you, hated, you hate that yeah. every year. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that too. So if we have an opportunity, um, yeah, maybe take, take a couple minutes after the interview, uh, let's talk about the NHL Awards and, and where you, yeah. what you guys think.
1: And I know that the obviously the big news next week, which we won't jump on right now, but I'd like to, uh, I don't know if we can get something in, but you know, in terms of me forecasting what I think is going to happen at the end of the year, which we all do, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can't imagine, guys, that this organization is going to go through a no-change uh, finale to this being the final week, whether they clean house on the business side, the hockey side, whether somebody interjects himself in this, I don't know. It's, I think it's a, the biggest question, though, Anthony, right, that nobody's really yeah. sure of. You know, yeah, what, well, what yeah. is the direction everywhere for the people involved Well, with what is and, ultimately a mess? This is a mess. Yeah,
3: and, and I'll, I'll – you know, here I'll be a little bit more uh, – a little bit more clairvoyant. One of the stories I have been working on uh, involves just that, what changes will be coming um, to the organization. And the people that I talk to all give me something different. Yeah, that's which is which is fascinating. And I'm, and I'm talking about people intimately involved in the organization. I'm talking about people intimately involved in the league. I'm talking about people yeah. you know who always hear the whispers, always are, are kind of in the know, like these kind of things. are. We're hearing so many different angles. Right. And one person will tell you one thing. Another person will tell you something completely different. A third person will tell you something that's kind of a hybrid of the two. And it's just like can't report anything until until we get something that's a little bit more solid yeah everybody's hearing something different
1: right a lot a lot of confusion right and I've talked to people too been around it whether it's around the league and I've been told there's going to be a full total house cleaning from the very top to the very bottom of the hockey ops I've Um, heard it too and then I've heard people that said no there's going to be somebody's going to they're going to be reordering the chairs which I'm not a fan of I mean if you're going to do that then then you're just going to you're going to be selling us another big steamy pile of shit again for another year. And (laughs) seriously, what are you gonna try to sell to us? So that's why I'm saying it'll be interesting to see where where this goes, because for whatever it is, guys, I'd rather them come in with an honest view of what, what it is next year instead of telling the fans we got ourselves a contender. And they're nothing, they're not even a pretender. Like that's how bad this year has been. So, you know, from that standpoint, I just want people to tell us, hey, listen, we think we're a few years
0: away. And that's what we're looking at, and that's what, we want, that's what we want to do. And now, what an absolute thrill this is. You know, you talk about how Snow the Goalie is different from all these other podcasts, assuming that there are any out there. <laughs> there is no other Flyers podcast, let alone Hockey podcast, right now, who has these two men on their show, and what a thrill it is. You know, we talked about this on the show a few weeks ago. Ice Wars international is going to be the next big thing and it's something that we are extremely excited about and here to talk about it none other you might have seen him on netflix maybe you did you probably did if you're listening to the show you did we got aj galante welcome to the show hey guys thanks for having me really appreciate it absolutely absolutely it's great to have you and from hockey forces we got charlie namet welcome to the show thank you very much nice to be here yeah, and there's so, some great connect,
3: there's some great Philadelphia tie-ins here, uh, with the with Ice Wars with uh, with with everybody. Um, just Charlie, I know we're going to be spending a lot of time talking with AJ, so um, let's just get this out of the way first and foremost, sure. and then you can sit back and, and just listen and laugh with everybody. You, your connection here is you grew up with the with the Watson brothers out in uh, Smithers, Ontario or Smithers, British Columbia, British, correct? Korea. Actually, yeah. I, you know, Jim and Joe uh, used to have hockey
4: schools in our small town. And a ton of the Flyers guys would, would come up to Smithers to go fishing, et cetera. And that's who taught me how to skate. And we've been lifelong friends. Uh, Joe and I continued to fish in the summers together with guys like Jason Priestley, et cetera, um, on, a, on a summer fishing trip every year. And uh, we still continue to be friends today. And that's how I got a hold of Chris Terrion. It was actually through Joe Watson.
1: Yeah. All right. Cool.
4: Very, very, cool. very so organic,
1: have- right? Like Charlie called Joe. They were just talking. He said, you know, any broadcasters that may want to do this. There's a new new league we're trying to get up. And A.J. Galante, if you watch the Netflix thing, and I said, you know what, I broadcasted for 15 years only to get canned. Uh, so I, if I got an opportunity to carry it on with a great Canadian in Charlie. And A.J., whose story I think captivated most all Netflix viewers last fall. It was great stuff. So, you know, I'm happy to be a part of it. It's a different type of thing. But one thing I've come to learn, and A.J. knows this, and, uh, you know, there's a whole fight culture out there that you know, maybe is hidden behind walls that people don't realize, but it's very much alive and well. The guys, the fighters themselves enjoy that, and I think that's what separates it. It's, it and again, AJ, you said it best talking to you, pal, and Charlie, this is not hockey. It's prize fighting on ice, and, and you could probably d- dive into that, guys, and explain that a little, a little bit better, how the concept came about.
4: Well, I think that's something that AJ has been explaining to people, Chris, but it's not getting through. It still comes back to it's <laughs> hockey, and it's not hockey.
2: Well, it, it's it's so true, and, and you know, it, it's so it's so weird how things come full circle because, you know, we you know the Trashers, we unfortunately folded in 2006, and that subsequently was the same year Charlie and, and Hockey Enforcers did the big battle of the Hockey Enforcers and uh, Prince George. And it's so weird because I'm telling you, I remember vividly, guys like Brad Wingfield John Morassi in the locker room were telling well oh, you hear about this uh, big hockey fight tournament in the summer it's up in Canada and I didn't know Charlie at the time I really know much about it but it, it may you know it was a, it was before social media and all that and it, it was making its waves around the locker rooms and uh, you know unfortunately there was a couple of arrests in the summer of 2006 so we kind of forgot <laughs> about you know hockey and everything else that was going on but uh, it's it's so crazy. Um, when I connected with Charlie, I want to say it was maybe two months after the documentary came out, and uh, when he told me what he did back, you know, 15 years ago, I'm like, oh my god, I remember that tournament. And I was like, that's crazy. And then I went on YouTube and saw it, and I, you know, I start seeing the guys that I remember from back in the day, all those tough guys. I'm like, wow, this is insane. And then we kind of just connected. I mean. Charlie was kind of the brainchild from the start, you know, 15 plus years ago, and um, it's kind of come full circle, and, um, you know, like everything else in my life, another random thing to get involved with, so I'm like, you know what, let's, let's do it, and, uh, but yeah, like Charlie said, you know, it's weirdly enough, I've been in boxing now over 10 years, and uh, like you said, I, I know there's a culture with combat sports, people love it, uh, boxing, MMA, uh, wrestling they even got pillow fights now okay there's literally a pillow fight promotion going on I'm not joking guys are pillow fighting in the ring some days in my in my gym so you know yeah. we come from a world whether people want to admit it or not people kind of enjoy the conflict uh you know i I don't even go on Facebook anymore because what family members fighting with this family member so uh, whether it's a whether it's a prize fight or two ants going at it People yeah. are drawn to the conflict, and um, when Charlie told me about this, I'm like, you know, this is really genius because, um, again, it's it's not hockey. I, I told a guy yesterday, Chris. I think you had the same interview after me, and uh, he was pressing me a little, but not too hard. He was he was nice about it, and I understood. And, and I'm like, listen, so let me ask you a question. So if I take two NASCAR drivers, and they're in their helmet, their fire you know proof suit. Their gloves, and I put them on a basketball court. Are they playing basketball? Or are they driving? Or are they NASCAR drivers? They're playing basketball. So for me, even though these guys are in hockey suits, they're fighting. They, there's no sticks, no pucks, no no right. you know red light with a goal. And, and I understand it's gonna be hard to grasp that, but uh, they'll see in time. I really believe that.
3: I, Aj, my question for you and I, I, is yeah, obviously the timing of this is is really kind of unique. You know, tied in with the Netflix special. I get, I guess, kind of um, off of that. One, did you kind of anticipate as you guys were putting that special together and doing all those interviews that it would get the kind of traction that it got? And then two, knowing that it, you know, the the success of the special, did that just kind of say to you, now what? Now what do we do off of that success? And then this kind of just you know falls into your lap and like well this is perfect this is exactly what we need
2: and i promise you the week before this documentary came out i was talking with my wife um and i i swear i wish she was here to vouch for this and i said to her a week before it came out i said i don't know if anyone's even gonna watch this thing you know what i mean i mean i right it's a documentary it was filmed two years prior um you know hockey's not the biggest sport in the world in America. It's definitely growing since when I was little, but you know, people have so many options of things to watch nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, so I said to her, maybe a hundred people are going to watch this and maybe 95 <laughs> of them are going to be my mom. You know, I'm <laughs> So like, you know, I, I didn't think any, I, honestly, like I knew the story, you know, for years, it, it's never seemed to die, but no way could I ever have anticipated it, it, it grown to this magnitude. And it really, honestly, it changed my life. I mean, um, it, the whirlwind between social media and everything else, and um, it, it's just been crazy. And then you know, people pitching you ideas every single day. Right. And then when Charlie came with this, I was like, you know what? This is this is something. This is like those one out of a hundred things that you're like, wow, this is something that could mesh perfectly. Yeah, yeah. it just it just it just seems to it just seems to be. You
3: know, you're you're the face of, you know, uh, you were the face of such you know physical hockey and, and making it making it a cult following, um in a in your town in Connecticut, in Danbury, and, and you know, okay, yeah, it didn't last, um, but not because it wasn't successful. It was successful. Yeah. And now you have an opportunity to say, well, here's a here's a way that you know we can make this successful for a longer period of time that isn't tied into that that story, but at least uses that as a launching point yeah. right i mean and so and i think that that i think that that's what makes a lot of sense for you to kind of be behind this
2: yeah and, and you know what it is too and, and i talked to charlie about this as well my father you know the whole team we got a great team which i love i think chris could attest to it we got a really solid yeah. that's the key you know even with the great trashers people. i mean when you have a team that's all going in the same direction you may not agree all the time but everyone has the same mindset it makes it a lot easier you know but um you know, not even not even to keep the trashers in the light with this. I, I think I always, you know, I grew up. I'm not I'm not from a big hockey town. We didn't even have a rink when I started playing, you know. And uh, I think for me, I was always drawn to the tough guys, the rough and tumble guys, not guys that fought every single night, even. You know, just the tough guys. You know, guys that'll get their nose dirty. And, you know, that's what drew me to the sport. That's what drew us to kind of create the bad boys of hockey, you know. And um, that's, you know, my dad always loved that as well. So, you know, I looked at Ice Wars as an opportunity not just to help create something different and special, something risky as well. People don't, you know, some people may not think it's going to be successful. I know it it can be. Um, But it is also a way to honor these tough guys of the past that don't get that ceremonial goodbye. You know what I mean? Um, Right. know you may have one guy who scored 50 goals a season they're gonna parade him around all off season you know what i mean where a tough guy that helped get that guy 50 goals you know if you're not in hockey people don't understand you know i understand i didn't play in the nhl but i understand those you know god bless wayne gretzky love him, but if those tough guys i mean is he i don't know i'm not i'm not trying to throw any shade or anything but i know there's more to it than just a guy having a good slap shot a wrist shot fast it's those security blankets and um, AJ.
1: When, when Wayne Gretzky Wayne Gretzky won an All Star Game MVP in like nineteen eighty five, he gave the card to Dave Semenko.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: He didn't so, give it to Yari Curry or Grant
2: Fury. He gave yeah. it to Dave Semenko. So, right, so, so that runs right through it. You know, and, and, and that's one of those things though. Even with the trash, it's funny when I, so, when I played high school hockey. I was a I was an average player at best. I wasn't going pro, but, you know, it's funny when we got involved with the Trashers. I learned so much of that enforcer code, like, through the guys. Like, I thought everyone hated each other on the ice growing up. You know what I mean? Like, I thought everyone hated each other. They really – and, look, it's not fake fighting. They're fighting for real. But I understood, like, that that whole code, and I, and I liked it. And, um, you know, those were the best guys in the dressing room. And uh, you know what? We like, like, me and Charlie decided, like, every event we want to honor at least five guys that are – Ice Warrior Legends, because a lot of those guys, you get your cult following minor league hockey fans or really hardcore fans, but, you know, it, this younger generation doesn't know these guys even exist. And, um, you know, I, I'm big on history, and I think it's important that those guys get, you know, their shine, too. And uh, I think um, those are Chris, uh, you know, those are guys that will run through the wall for you. And, and that's uh, even the current fighters, you know, that we have now. Yep. I mean, we, we talk to them on a daily basis. It's not one of those, hey, just show up at the fight. Here's your check, and you know, get the hell out of here. You know, it's not like that. I talk to the, we talk to them daily. Um, they feel part of this, and and that's we did a lot of that with the trashers, and I think that's what made it kind of um, you know successful. You know, when guys know that you got their back and everyone's on the same page. There's nothing sneaky going on. That's what I think. Um, I think that's what adds to the potential.
3: Yeah, AJ, AJ, one other thing that I, you know, and I was talking about this with, uh, with Chris um, on the phone prior to, prior to this uh, 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 interview today. One of the things that I think that you guys have a real opportunity to do that maybe gets lost a little bit in boxing and MMA is the ability, and this is what, where wrestling is just so important and it, where, where, what makes it so good, is the ability to develop character. And what I mean by that is, is, is that, you know, you watch these promotions for boxing matches, right? And they usually bring two guys together for the weigh-in, and then they sit in front of a microphone, and it's kind of like unprepared stuff, and then they, yeah. they don't know what to say, and then they stand up and they shove each other. <laughs> and that's, all right, all right, all right, that's the promotion. Yeah. But, but, but wrestling, what wrestling does so well is they have these guys who are able to stand on camera yeah. and talk to the camera and promote it and get everybody excited.
2: I have a feeling that you guys are going to try and go that route a little bit with these these fighters. Am I correct with this? You have to. And that's the other thing Charlie and I talked about the first time we met is I understand hockey culture. You score your goal, you put your head down, and you act like you've been there before. I I know. You're not supposed to have any sort of personality. And this is another thing I told a guy, hey, listen, the other reason why this isn't hockey is these guys are allowed to celebrate. You know, we're not going to get mad at them. It's, you know, those unwritten rules, you know. uh, (laughs) Listen, I I told uh, Charlie, I think, knows uh, one of my favorite guys, Daniel Amesbury, this kid we got. He's probably the smallest guy in this eight-man tournament. But this guy's personality, I mean, uh, he's been asking me every day, what can I do? I said, do whatever you want. I said, this is your chance to let your personality show. And uh, when I've been put, when we've been putting out these fighter graphics, I'm trying to highlight their nicknames. Uh, so, so far we've got Diamond Hands, uh, Hitman, um, <laughs> today, who was it today? Uh, Swanee. And then tomorrow's my favorite, Bonesaw. So, you know what? You start calling these guys by their nicknames, okay? I mean, why call them Daniel Amesbury? I've been saying, hey, Diamond, Diamond Hands, Diamond this, that, it's marketing. And, and it's right. something different because, I mean... You know, you got to have their real names, but it's kind of like, you know, another, you know, AJ Galanti. No, say, you know, uh, my backyard wrestling name was Chaos with a K. So call me Chaos, you know what I mean? uh, You know, know, that's what you have to do. You have to let these guys, and you know what? The old timers, I guess, in this tournament, the guys in their mid-30s, which is my age, they're kind of like, wait, we can do that? I'm like, go, let Put yourself out. I mean, these guys are blue-collar guys. One guy's yeah. um, an oil maintenance guy, pipe fitter. One's a carpenter. I'm like, listen, you guys don't understand. You guys are going to become little local celebrities. I said, use it to right. your advantage. So yeah, exactly. the personality is definitely a thing. I think it'll grow in time, you know, each event. When when these younger guys see what the, what we're doing, I think they're going to look at that as an escape for them too, you know, because I get it. I get regular hockey, that, that unwritten... Keep your head down and and nose
0: clean and that's it. It is interesting if you think about it because usually the thing that works the best in wrestling is when you pull from reality. You go back to the 90s. You go to the invasion of Scott Hall showing up at Monday Nitro and, you know, you won a war, you got a war. That kind of thing is, is what ultimately connects most with fans. It even happens now. You can watch WWE where everything's scripted and sanitized. You can watch AEW where there's a little bit more realism, yeah. a little bit more of a, of a creative license to, to kind of go off. Um, and then you talk about the professions that these guys have. It's not... Again, you know, you've said this many times, but it's not hockey, so yep. it's not like they're professional hockey players right now, collecting a check that have yep. to abide by, you know, the hockey rules. I think it's fair to ask, and it's probably something that people are are thinking as they're listening to this. All right, like, how does this? What does this look like? You mentioned it's a tournament. What does this thing look like? Uh, what does the actual setup look like? I can't imagine it's going to be a full size hockey rink, right? And uh, and I guess like in terms of safety protocols for these guys, I mean, you obviously want to see a good fight. Do we, do we have this go until a guy gets knocked down like it would be in hockey? Is it rounds? Do we let the guy get back up? Like How does that work?
2: Well, the way, the, way the fights are structured, and that's a good question, too. And that's the other thing I've been telling a lot of these half-assed critics. And, and I don't say that negatively. These people should be asking these questions. This is a combat sport, which means the regulations are insane. Uh, Charlie and I have been dealing with, you know, Nick Meeker over at the Wyoming uh, Athletic Commission. I mean, we literally are working on like a legitimate rule book. I mean, every little detail from how much hand wrap tape you could use. Um, Just like boxing, there are so many little regulations, pre-fight medicals, post-fight medicals. um, But getting back to your point, all the fights as of now are structured as two one-minute rounds with a one-minute, you know, break in between like boxing. And... um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's there is a point system, believe it or not. So there there is a point system, and, uh, you know, five judges instead of three. I always think three judges is stupidity in boxing because one guy that. have a bad night, screws up the whole whole fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and obviously, the, you know, there's knockouts, stoppages at the ref's discretion, um, you know, points. And I think what the unique thing, too, is, and you talk a little bit about wrestling or something that's different, I'm trying to take all the things I deal with boxing on a daily basis that I hate and fix it here. Like, for instance, there's never going to be a draw. So if if after two rounds there's a draw, you know, they raise our hands, it goes to an immediate 30-second icebreaker round, like sudden death. You know what I mean? Um, There can't be a draw in a combat sport, in my opinion. And I think that's going to add to the excitement. Um, And as far as, like, safety goes, you know, Charlie's been working on a great thing with the helmets, having, like, a leather strap, you know, trying to keep the helmets as secure as possible. Um, you can't intentionally take a guy's helmet off, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're like I said, we've been dealing with a lot of the fighters, too, like getting their opinions, you know. What, what can and we gloves, do too. Great. Gloves are four-ounce yeah, gloves. And the, and the big thing that people don't realize is the four-ounce MMA-style gloves, which is safer than regular hockey fights, you know. And the other yeah. thing that's safer than the NHL, and I'm not trying to, you know, slam on the NHL, but, you know, in the heat of the battle, you crash in a net, you're getting some pretty serious mismatches in fights sometimes, you know what I mean? Where in this, there is yeah. weight divisions. I mean, it's not as strictly um, regulated as boxing in that, you know, there's 27 weight classes, you know what I mean? Right. But you're not going to see a 185-pound uh, right winger mixing up with a 245-pound defenseman because, you know, they got a little agitated, you know, this guy touched the goalie. So there's a lot of ways where we're actually safer than NHL fights, to be honest with you, and... Um, Same thing. If a guy gets knocked out or stopped, there's a usually, you know, like in combat sports, there's a 60 day suspension where you can't compete with us until that suspension is up and you get cleared by the doctor. You know, Chris will probably tell you in the NHL, you you get a concussion back in those days. Hey, go back in there, kid. You're all right. You get into a fight. So we're not going to put a guy in with there's any sort of red flags. And um, that's where I think there's a difference as well.
3: That, that's awesome that's all, and, and the, you know, for lack of a better word the ring quote-unquote or the ice where they're skating what are the what are the, the parameters of that how does that how big of it
2: is that state? I'm giving full marks to Ch- Canadian Charlie on this one this was a beautiful <laughs> idea so aside from a regular ice arena which will do events he had a it's a great idea so we bought this um, the best on the market that synthetic ice flooring okay huh. so now Smart. Instead of trying to sell out Madison Square Garden, twenty thousand people, which is unrealistic right now, we're going into Edmonton in that small ballroom in the casino. You know, people won't be freezing. You know, you don't have to hear the women complain. Okay, um, till the till the girls come out with the ring cards, but that's beside the point. But my point is, right now, I, I, Charlie, what was it like, nine hundred square feet? Nine hundred square
4: feet. Yeah, which is wow. which is
2: a which is a very big. You know, it's it's a yeah. big enough space for guys to. To move, but not too big where you could dance around and, and get out of there. So I think it's the perfect—it's um it's the perfect size. And with that, with with that flooring, we're able to go anywhere we want. You know what I mean? Uh, so we're not just strictly regulated to an ice arena, which we obviously will go to too. As we grow, we'll go to the ice arenas. Even in Prince
4: George, we used yeah. an ice arena, but we filled about. Half of it. I think we sold 2,400 seats. But we only had a week's notice to announce the fight, which was still pretty darn good. People came from all over the world, Germany even, to watch the fight. So I think starting in smaller venues gives it a a better atmosphere. And then we'll grow into the arenas.
1: Absolutely. How did the other one not progress, Charlie, like from the 06 one? Was it it a league change thing? Was it just... Was it? No, actually,
4: it was was quite a story. We we were going to progress. And then um, I got into different... um, business ventures, sort of left it hanging. And then Bob Probert and I met in 2010, and we're working together to bring Bob's name to the fights, and start doing it in Las Vegas. And unfortunately, about three months after meeting, Bob passed away. Yeah. And you know, I kind of took the wind out of my sails, and uh, I, I shelved it, to tell the truth, until uh, about a year and a half ago, we were in talks with some other people who wanted to revive it, et cetera, et cetera, and then AJ's documentary came about, and yeah. we went. So yeah, we kind of just—it was always a great idea, uh, and well, well liked by the fans. Um, we just didn't have—I didn't personally have the
3: time to do it. Yeah, you—you know, you listed a—you've uh, listed a few of your judges, um, AJ, and obviously Brad wingfield who was kind of a star of the documentary uh he's going to be one of them which is which is pretty awesome uh yeah. you got nasty morasty who i remember him from uh from his days in the yeah. ahl with syracuse but one that i think is going to be um of interest to a lot of people here in philadelphia <laughs> a guy who was beloved in this city the undertaker oh. <laughs> you got the animal
2: frank by lois yeah. oh. how great how great is that well once again the undertaker when i first met him all I could think about is I'm like, you know what, we gotta have him come out to the Undertaker music as soon as he comes out, and we did it. And uh, no, and, and you know what? That's another thing. You know, these fights should be judged by guys that have done it and have seen it. You know what I mean? Another problem yeah. with boxing. Uh, no disrespect. I'm probably gonna get no. None of my guys gonna win if they hear this. This, report. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, no. I mean, you know. Just like honoring these guys, we want them involved. So come and judge some fights. And also current fighters, okay? You know what? You need some emergency backups. If they don't need to go in, judge some fights. You know what I mean? And, and I think my favorite thing, and I really hope it organically happens, is uh, one of the things we're looking forward to doing is, uh, Anthony, if, if you and I are fighting and, and you beat me uh, decision, and um, you know, let's say Chris is a current player or fighter on the judging panel and i feel like he he jerked me around i could challenge him to a fight at the next ice wars so
0: (laughs) you know what i love that a good old-fashioned i love that i love that listen listen let me tell
2: you something and i hate keep bringing it back to this because it's just what i do every day but in boxing let me tell you something i've had to restrain fighters from trying to go after the judges because if they felt they were wrong so you know what You know what? You got to, like, if I challenge Chris, hey, listen, you screwed me. I challenge you to the next Ice Wars. He has, like, a week to accept or else he can never, if he doesn't accept, he can never judge for us again. So, you know what? (laughs) You got to put your money where your mouth is. I love it. That's fantastic. I'm at the right That's desk, fun. Anthony.
1: I'm at the right desk too, Russ. With AJ and the and the sheriff Sean McMorris. So, all good with me, bro. Nobody's challenged.
0: I'm too old. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So ahead, Char- Charlie, walk me through. There's like a there's another aspect of this. It's the distribution. It's how do people actually get to to watch Ice Wars? Well, well and, we saw- and you guys you signed a deal with Fight. Yes. So could you TV. could you kind of take us? You know. Take us behind the scenes of that. How does, how does that um, initial conversation go down? And, you know, where, where and how are people going to be able to access this that can't make the, the trip out to, you know, Edmonton?
4: Okay, well, they can access it on our website at iwifights.com. Um, all the information is there, as well as the information on the River Creek Resort and Casino in Enoch. Um, and Ticketmaster is where you buy the tickets, and that's all linked on the website, IWI Fights. Um, The deals with the uh, pay-per-view structure, it was quite a process because there were six companies interested, and uh, we worked with Fight, and I really believe Fight is the best on the market for this type of event. Um, The guys are great to work with, and uh, they've done most of the major events, and... uh, um, Get Me Out Productions out of Los Angeles actually brokered the deal for us. Uh, that was a friend of Cato's, and, and they've done a great job. So uh, we're very happy to be with Fight, and uh, I think they've done a great job in promoting us as well, too. So I'm looking forward. They have an app capabilities; they're available on a- every TV and, and that type of stuff. So we're
3: good. That's excellent. If that makes sense. No, it, it, it sure does. does. That's pretty awesome. That's that's really look. I'm, and AJ, I was talking with Charlie about this before you logged on when we were, uh, we weren't recording at the time. But obviously, you, you guys are starting this up in Canada, which which makes a lot of sense. Obviously, right? Um, but I know that I know that the goal is to get it down into into the U.S. Uh, eventually. Uh, you know, you, you you look around and you see places you want to do it. I got to imagine that where we're at here in Philly, especially oh. since. Especially since, you know, you guys mentioned the Flyers in the documentary, right? You were trying to, when you were creating the Trashers, that's what you wanted it to be. This has
2: to be one of your first no, stops, I, I would think, right? I'm in Philadelphia, not regularly, but often through boxing. Um, one yeah. of my best friends in boxing is a Hall of Fame promoter named Russell Peltz. He used to do uh, fights at yeah. the Blue Horizon, it was called or yeah. something. Yeah, Blue Horizon, yeah. yeah. So, I've uh, been to a
1: fight there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so,
2: so, so yeah. Philly, to me, not blowing smoke, to me, all around is the best fight city in America, uh, especially with boxing. The toughest guys come out of Philly. That's a fact. Um, you know, I always tell other managers, if you if, if they try to give you an opponent from Philly, it doesn't matter what their record is, don't take it because you're probably going to lose. <laughs> and um, it, it's, uh, that's actually a fact. And I learned that the hard way a few years back. But, um, you know, you have to. You have to be in Philadelphia. You have to – You have to get to places like that. And and, and that's all part of our job on the back end, hopefully start getting this regulated in the states, you know, approved by the commissions. Um, The Northeast is notoriously tough. Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, they're they're tough commissions to deal with. But I see some light because um, they are starting to slowly approve a lot more of the MMA, UFC style. So I I don't see why we should have a problem. And I think... um, you know, this event we do in Edmonton will be a, a big springboard and, and to show people, you know, we're not putting together like a cockfight here, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's <laughs> like, it's a legit thing. It's a legit right. sport. And I think when people see how we do it first class, um, from production down to how we take care of the fighters, I think it'll be a little easier. But it won't be easy, but it, it's, you know, you have to have it in the Northeast, uh, especially Philadelphia. It would be ideal. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. The, I, I the would
4: next... love Philadelphia,
0: Sure the next logical question here. Here. <laughs> <laughs> if if you have to go through all of the hassle of, of getting things sanctioned, the next logical step, obviously, and, and the site that that we work for, Crossing Broad is is big into sports gambling, sports betting. Mm. Is there or have there been any kind of conversations with any of the major you know, online sports books in the US and in Canada? That's a whole other mess. Ontario is a goddamn disaster when it comes to sports betting. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you guys about that off the call. But uh, have there been conversations? Is there interest on your side of, of trying to get these fights onto the legal online sports betting apps? Uh, absolutely.
2: And, and, you know, that's one thing we talked about, me and Charlie, way back. I mean, it's a no-brainer. I think um, I think it's the perfect sports setup for it. You don't have to sit yeah. through a three-hour game to see if you won something. You know what I mean? They're, the fights are quick. Yep. But I learned, um, I kind of been learning how that works. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of it is stat-driven, and that's going to make us up our game with, with stat-driven, you know, technology or things that we, we can do to bring to them. You know, it, it's, you can't just, I don't think you could just bet on, hey, who's going to win bu- uh, Bone Saw versus Hitman? Because, you know, then it's like, what are the odds? How does it work? So yep. I, I would, I, 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 I can speak you know charlie i think is on board we'd love to do it. i think it's a no-brainer and um something i think we'll eventually get to
4: we've had some interest already companies have approached us on you know how it works and stuff like that so there's definitely interest in it um but again we're putting all the data etc that they need together um aj has actually been working on that so i think it's a process but i I do believe we're going to have a sponsor from one of the um um betting companies here shortly
3: good that's awesome once you get that once you get that i mean that you want to talk about legitimizing what you're doing especially in today's especially in today's market right i mean everything is 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 the sports books yeah everything it's huge
2: it's huge huge. and um honestly i think and i'm not like a i'm not like i don't know everything about online sport betting but um I just know it's everywhere right now and that's all kids talking about in the gym and this and that and uh i just think uh, i just think ice wars is a perfect perfect fit for for you know any company like that or you know i just i just think it's perfect it's quick fights it's uh you know people's attention spans you know they they want to know if they won won or lost quick you know what i mean so uh it's gonna be interesting
3: I think this is great great stuff. I mean, I'm really looking forward to to the first event. More so to just listen to Bundy break it down, man. I might. How how many fights were you in in the NHL in your life? I think like like 15 or
1: or 18. That's a preseason. No, I had more. You could actually find. No, but that's (laughs) actually good. You know what's funny? I was talking to Johnny LeClaire, right? You know, I used to tell guys I don't don't fight fourth liners because I don't play you. (laughs) Yeah. So I... <laughs> so, but me and, Johnny, me and Johnny were having a laugh the other day. I told him I was doing this, and how excited I was for the opportunity and the great people involved. And, and, and I said, you know what's really funny, pal? I said, like, me and Johnny were roommates, and, you know, my story's back. We ran pretty hard in our day as, as a couple of uh, amigos on the road and stuff. But, um, you know, I said, we've seen some of the greatest fights you're ever going to see. Like, up close and personal, Dave Brown was my first roommate. I was telling AJ that the other day with Edmonton Radio Air TV. And, you know, I mean, and, and this goes back to the lore, guys. Like, you know it, Charlie, AJ, you're a little younger. But it goes back, like, you know, when you watch the Bob Probert story, which you talk about. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about this stuff on Good Morning America yeah. with a fight between him and Ty Domi. So there's always been the fascination to this. Uh, it's character-driven, I think, what we're doing. But having a guy like AJ, myself, I mean, we have already have characters and personalities. I know the Sheriff does. But it's building it in the players. And I think that's what made the the tough guy, the NHL heavyweight or just fighter in general, so appealing to people and so appealing to their teammates because they're such real people. Yeah, And they've always been the most popular guy in the locker room. So I've seen some great fights. Um, I know I'm going to have a blast with AJ and Charlie, Sheriff. And the rest of the fighters we're gonna start getting to know them, uh, on top of some of them I've talked to already. But it's gonna be a really, really interesting event, uh, and something I'm really proud of at this point in my life, guys. Great. No, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah, awesome.
2: I, I've I told Charlie this. I uh, I haven't been this juice for something in a long, long, long time. I've been I've been going through about three of these energy drinks a day because it's like <laughs> go, 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 and and. Uh, but I I am taking so much pride in. It. I've always told Charlie I appreciate his faith in me Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know it's going to be – it's it's definitely not going to be a one-and-done, and, done, and I, I think it's going to slowly, you know, slowly grow for sure. Well, we can't – and I, I know we can't
3: wait to start talking about it a little bit more regularly here on Snow the Goalie. Uh, hopefully we get an opportunity, Russ, we'll get out, get out to one of these events uh, uh, as they happen. Um, and then, of course, when you guys come down here, AJ, I can tell you this. I know you guys broke the news of uh, – uh, of of Ice Wars on McAfee's show and I love McAfee I listen to McAfee I, fantastic he's Great. awesome okay one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet awesome. but, but I'll t- but I'll tell you yeah. what he doesn't get the Italian thing right I mean, he really doesn't get it. Like, I was watching you and your dad I was watching you and your dad and you kind of you guys were like appeasing him I'm like yeah, yeah yeah whatever yeah you go, okay You're right. but I but I know right I'm sitting here I'm like as an Italian I'm going they're like they are just they're, just they're like no, no, no. dude just stop just stop so when you but come the, down to Philly we'll do it the right way we'll you know hit a couple of good spots and yeah we'll have a good time yeah there. i need yeah.
2: a cheesesteak the last time i went to philly i was pissed off i didn't get, i didn't stop for a cheesesteak the first time i ever got a cheesesteak the the guys in philly were busting my chops because i guess it was a real like um touristy spot they were telling me all these like hole yeah, yeah. in yeah, the wall places. places i'm yeah, like right. i'm not going there by my i'm not from here this is some sketchy areas here so you know, yeah, going, we'll take you we'll, we'll, take, you guys. we'll take you to
3: the, we'll take you to the good spots yeah. the sketchy spots that we know absolutely yeah, don't go avoid the touristy ones 100 100 Perfect, guys, well, guys we'll look is, forward to it this is awesome thank you very much for being on the show uh and like i said we look forward to working with you guys down the road
2: thank you
0: guys. Thanks, guys you guys are the best thanks guys thanks guys and we're back. And now, Bundy, you know, before we were joined by our special guests, you, you mentioned that you kinda hope that the Flyers are going to or whoever ends up running the, the show, at least on the hockey op side, maybe across the organization, will at least be honest with the fan base about, you know, what it is that they should expect and and yeah. maybe not try to, as you put it so eloquently, uh sell them a, a steaming pile of shit. I think it's fair. I think it's beyond a, a fair request from anybody. And if we're being realistic about it, there there could be a lot that could change here. Uh, we've we've heard things over the last month, and and Ant kind of mentioned this, but like things ebb and flow, and what one person says as if they are 100% sure of of what's to come in the offseason, there's somebody else who's always been reliable who also then says no, there th- I don't know about that, but I know this thing's happening, and then you kind of have to synthesize all of it together and try to figure out like which thing's going to happen. I guess the the point here is. That, to me, is kind of indicative of the greater issue here with this team, or if you want to say this organization, is there's not a clear and cohesive thought of what's going to happen next. Because if there's rumors swirling around different parts of the organization, and and they are as diametrically opposed to some of the things that have, have kind of been passed along, that indicates that there might not be a functioning vision of what this is supposed to look like. And it, it could be people at the top who don't agree. It could be people who are misinterpreting or maybe are putting their own spin, their own hopeful spin or their own cynical spin on things. But it, it does not appear right now that it's a hockey ops and business side that are in full. I don't want to say cahoots. Cahoots is not the right term here, but like it's not a cohesive vision for what is to come. And by the way, you know, we mentioned the story last week of you know uh, Jimmy and Sal and suing the you know Spectacorn and everything. Like there, there could be developments that happen there as well that mm. could throw a wrench in things. There could be you know more things like that that come out. We talked about this about nationwide. There, there could be so many variables that we can't even put into um, into words right now. We can't possibly handicap you know who's here, who's not, because hell, anything can happen between now and the, the draft. Next season, free agency. There's a lot. I do agree with you, though. I think it would be nice if, if they eventually get it together and they, they at least tell us what to expect for next year. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be as rainbows and, and smiles and unicorns as maybe they want it to be. Yeah, and I know
1: we talked about it before, but I, and again, I was six. It, it's always a joke. I go back to my playing days, and some player we're talking about a player chief for John about a steaming pile of crap of a team. So I've just never lost that out of my brain thought when I think of a bad a bad sports team late in one of their seasons. So, um, you know what, guys? There's so many moving parts. It feels like Anthony, and I know you're you're behind so many things. It, it just feels like there's nobody uh, has two feet on the ground. Uh, you know again i guess that, the only person that would be because he's placed there is probably Danny Briere from a sense you know of what they want to do with him moving forward but uh the gm had you know made moves that didn't help i know there was injuries that helped. we we don't know i mean we have essentially a Ryan Ellis story developing or it's developed already i mean he's gone a wall uh, there's although
3: there's... although I got, i'm going to give you a little update there
1: oh yeah well, you got to give it to us after and i again i'm just showing what i what i knew when i went to bed last night
3: yeah Nothing yeah I cared. No, no, but I, and I think this is this. I don't want to call this breaking news, but it might be a little bit. I, I yeah, think and,
1: and give it, and I'll just. Fit. But again, there's just so many things that is, out of whack. Yeah, it's the Ellis thing.
3: The I, I, I I still don't have a firm firm grasp of it, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But I do hear now that it might he might be willing to go ahead and finally get the surgery that the team has recommended for months that he has avoided because he doesn't necessarily trust the medical team here in Philadelphia. But it, yeah. it seems like, I guess, I don't know if he went and got a second opinion or whatever. I don't have all the, the full details. That's why I'm saying it's not like a full-blown story here yet. But it, it sounds like he might actually be willing to finally get that surgery. So I don't know if that's a, a positive sign that maybe he's, you know, c- kind of getting back on board with the team or if it's just that he realizes, okay, I need to get this this done for myself. But I'm still not happy with the flyer. So who knows what the ultimate, you know, end game is there. But I think that there is a little bit, a little, little tiny ray of light there for for him. If, if in fact he is going to go ahead and get the surgery, I tried. To, I tried to ask yesterday. I uh, tried to find out from Chuck. Got no response. Um, so I don't know. Uh, well, I don't plus, know 100% plus, Anthony, certainty.
1: the guy hasn't played all year. He's been hurt the last couple. Like I don't know what to expect from somebody who's been this detached from the game. I mean, I I had a lockout one year. Yeah. And, I mean, I came back the next day and I looked like. I mean that next year was a disaster. I mean so I'm just wondering you know how how hard that it's harder when you get older too right and you played some, a lot of games already but Well there,
3: there's a lot there, there's a lot of different things that can happen here. Yes. And, a lot, and, yeah. and, and, and who know I mean, we, I don't want to get into all the specifics we can talk more about it next week. Yeah. Um but I mean like if, if let's say he just just out of curiosity let's just say he retires. He decides the hell that I'm done. Um he's still going to get his money. But a lot of that would revert back to Nashville.
1: Yeah, because of the cap uh, on the salary cap, essentially, yeah. right? Yes, yeah. a
3: lot of that would revert. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that could go on here. Why is that, Ant? Can you uh, give a, yeah, a little let's, bit of... let's, let's save it for next week. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, let's, 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 let's hold
1: off because there's going to be a lot of stuff that may... There's may a lot, may lot of detail. Yeah, there's a
3: lot of details. And there's a, there's insurance that gets involved. And um, there's a lot of things that could potentially go... I mean, I'm not saying that it, it, 100% would, would happen, Russ, but it could. Not the whole thing, but a good portion of it. So there, it's, a reca- it's a cap recapture is what it's called. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that could really – it's complex. So let's save it for when we have more time. But wow. I do want guys I, – and I know I mentioned it pre-show, and I don't want to do a quick shift here um, – But I did mention, you know, that I'm going to be voting for the uh, NHL awards. And now that all the games that are of of major importance are out of the way, I mean, there's still a couple of seeds that need to be determined. uh, But we know who the 16 playoff teams are. So there's no fighting for a playoff spot still to go. Um, Now that the games of major importance are out of the way, I I think it's fair to say we can make a make a determination here and and take a look at who these guys are. And I'll tell you, picking I'm going to start with the Hart Trophy, the league MVP. I, I literally made a list of, of eight guys, two of which I don't, I don't think I'm going to have on my list anyway, but only because they would, they've been mentioned in national circles. I saw them on both uh, NHL Network and on a TNT broadcast being talked about, and I'm like, eh, I don't think either one of them deserve it, but all right, I'll, I'll include them. So I have eight names of guys that I thought, these guys are, are legitimate contenders for the Hart Trophy, for the league MVP. And I'm not hundred percent sure I know which way to go just yet. I, I, I'm leaning towards two guys, but I mean I, I could be I could be convinced on about three or three others as
0: well. So hit us with the names. Who do you got? All right, got? so here's some names here's some names. Who are the Jonathan, two that you, that you don't necessarily agree well, with So, so, so
3: on, on TV, they're, they're, they mentioned McDavid, obviously he's the leading scorer in the NHL, right? I mean, you know, I've got 120, 118 points, 120 points. I don't know what he did last night or the other night. Um, 118. Uh, but, you know, I mean, that Edmonton team is just he – they're the same team year in and year out. Like, I don't look at him and suddenly say, oh, he made that team so much better this year than they've been in previous years. And they're really they're still not that great. I, I you know I'm not convinced that they're going to even beat a, a, an inferior LA team in the first round. And even if they do, there's no way in hell they get past Calgary. So, um, like I don't think McDavid. Plus he's got a guy like Drysaitel with him as well. So I, I think that makes him a little bit better. And the other one that I didn't agree with that the national guys have been mentioning. And I understand why they're doing it is Nashville defenseman Roman Yossi, who's having a fantastic yeah. year. He's 91 points for a yeah, defenseman. is, is absolutely ridiculous, right? But at the same time, I I I don't know. Does they've barely made the playoffs, right? I mean, and is is that a thing you sit there and say, "Well, he's been the best player in the sport." You know, just because he helped his team barely make the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of other talent on that team as well. I mean Forsberg had a really really nice year for them as well. So, and plus he's not the greatest. His numbers aren't that great possession-wise. Like I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's only 51.5. So he's only on the plus side slightly, which means that as much offense as he's generating, he's not you know, he's facing a lot of shots against as well, not playing as great defensively. Plus 36 of his 91 points are on the power play. That you know that kind of changes things a little bit for me. So that's why that's why I didn't include him. I mean, you guys, if either of you want to make an argument for either one of those guys, feel free. Here are the names that I have. The the, the guys that I would really consider. Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, I think he made the difference in Florida. Made them made them as good as they were this year by ramping up his game, and then they can go out and get the players that they got at the trade deadline to really make that a Stanley Cup contending team. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau in Calgary is having a phenomenal year. And I'm tell you what, here's a guy I never thought would have. Worked with 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 um, uh, with Daryl Sutter as a coach. Like I never thought that that would be a good blend, and yet here here he is with 111 points, right? And and that team has the second best record. Pretty in good
1: line mate. Couple good line mates.
3: There. He may not even be yeah, the well, better
1: player on that line.
3: Well, Kachuk is Kachuk's fantastic too. Elias right? Lindholm has had Lindholm's one. Lindholm's really of good. Too. Yeah, yeah, he has. He has. Um, it's hard to overlook Austin Matthews. I mean, Guy's got a shot at 60 goals this year, right? I mean, for what he's done in Toronto. Um, I think Kaprizov in Minnesota is their best player and Minnesota's a decent team like really they are probably the third best team out west are they the third best And who best? drafted
0: that man? Ant?
3: Who drafted him? <laughs> Chuck Fletcher drafted that guy uh, in the 5th round. But I mean if it, it, you know if um, it, let's say you take Kaprizov off that team are they even a playoff team? They're the third best record in the in the west right now. So yeah, that's they why
1: don't like anybody I don't think they don't. they
3: don't they don't as a team they don't but I think when you look at it how important is he to his team? I think he is that important to Minnesota. And then, of course, who you mentioned briefly pre-show, um, Bundy, is is Shestarkin, who with the Rangers. Like, he, if there's any goalie that you would consider being a most valuable player, it has to be him because, I don't know, are, are the Rangers as good as they've been this year? His his goals against – and I know we don't get to vote for Vezina, but just here's just to throw it out to you. His goals against is 2.03. The next best guy is 2.17, Okay. So it's, that's, that's, a, that's a disparity. It's a lot. His, sa- Jeez, his yeah. save percentage is 936. The next best guy is 926. That's a lot too. Yeah. I mean, so there's a big disparity between with him and the next best guy. Of course, that's based on, I think, 45 games played, I think is what I used as my uh, as my parameter on that. So, I mean, you know, I'm having a hard time picking one of these guys. I really am. And so I want to throw it to you and see what you guys think. Well, I, and, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, and I'll throw one last one at you that's kind of a long shot. You know, freaking Ovechkin. Another fifty goal. They're season. never gonna
0: give it to. Uh, they'll never. I give know it they're to never
3: America. gonna give it to a Russian, but fifty yeah, and, goal and,
1: season. And an well, not not right now, anyway.
3: Yeah, but another fifty yeah. goal season at age thirty seven on a team that if, without him this year, they would They don't make the playoffs. You know what? what, what um,
1: I. Yeah. No, I mean you're, you're, you're right though, Anthony. I think when you look at the heart, it's it's. It, I mean, well, the heart trophies, I mean, it's probably gonna be McDavid. The Canadian media will will certainly push. I think hard enough in that way, he'll get it. But with the with the uh, with the Norris Trophy, I mean, you know, I think McCarr is a guy that stirs the drink, the straw that stirs the drink in
3: Colorado. Um, I agree, I, but again, this is this if, if people are pushing Yosi for MVP on a national level, if they're for the heart, how do you not expect him to be the lead guy in the, But he, I think he, McCarr is a better player and has had a better season. Because that's McCarr what I
1: mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, McCarr, I'm with who I'm been drafted by with the, Yossi. Yeah, I don't. I mean, Yossi's a nice player. I've watched him for years, but you start talking about MVP of the league. I know. No. No, I don't think so.
3: But I mean, I mean when you're I, when you're when you're the national, the, the league's network, and you're the and you're the national show on TNT, and they, they they are like, oh, he's top five. He's definitely top five. I'm like, really? Is he? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't see it. That's the problem
0: it. with that's the problem with national media, right? Like they they don't watch every game, so they they start to have hive think. Right. Like it's it's all a hive mind. They all yell into the same echo chamber and they ultimately sell themselves on the same top five. Right. And like it happens in every sport happens in the NBA. We saw that happen with Nicole Jokic, who's going to end up winning the MVP, even though he's not. He's the defensive liability. And that's a whole other mess for a whole other thing. But like you get enough of these people all yelling into the void this in the same direction. And and that's how you end up with some of these guys that you go like, I'm not really sure that he should be a top five guy. Yeah. I think Shosturkin makes the most sense yeah for uh, for for League MVP because if you if you take into account what this Rangers team is and it's not a bad team, like it would be reckless I think of, of any of us to say that the Rangers aren't a good team. but I, I don't think the Rangers are nearly that team without him. and uh, yeah. if if you look at it and you say, all right, from the the argument of this team, wouldn't be a playoff team were it not for him. You can make the case for Ovechkin. There is a legitimate case to be made there. But Shosturkin on his own, if, if things break New York's way and he gets hot, they could make a Stanley cup run and it wouldn't surprise anyone. I mean, yes, you will have to get through Florida or Tampa or Toronto who are you know just chokers anyway? But like you're gonna have to get through some of these teams. If he gets hot, he can absolutely turn the the entire playoff, you know, uh, well, the, well, well, the, let's the, the just, Stanley Cup think, playoffs on their
3: head. I'm gonna just point this out to you. I mean, I think you're I think you're making a, f- a fair argument, Russ. The first round, and again, the, the you, you you've got to remember the voting is based solely on the regular season, not on the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, just as a, just to make your argument here, um, first round they're either playing Pittsburgh or Washington. You got to assume the Rangers are going to win that either series. They're going to be favored in either series, correct? So then they move yep. to the second round and in the second round you're getting either Boston or Carolina. Uh, Rangers could win those. Win that they either could. one could win a series against either one of those they teams, could. right? Mm-hmm. So so then you get to the, now you get the Rangers to the conference final. And and if if, if the, like you said the goalie gets hot and you pull an upset there now all of a sudden the Rangers are somehow in the Stanley Cup final and it's all beca- it's going to all be because of the goaltending more than yeah. anything else mm-hmm. you know Fox so. has had a great it,
1: year too I mean you add him into the mix yeah. uh, but I mean Shesterkin's the a guy that yeah he could easily win the Vezina and you know what Anthony probably in a fair world looking at it, he should probably win the Hart I think at the end of the day it's yeah. I mean just based on if you're doing it for your team I know that, that the sexy plays of McDavid or uh, you know Matthews Crosby still will be in that mix you know mm-hmm. he's already up there the top two in the voting amongst his peers again, but I agree with you on that and I think Shasterke, you know it's an outside the it's not even outside the box the whole league knows he probably deserves to be the best considered uh, the, 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 the Hart trophy winner this year Yeah over. and it really
3: comes down to what it really comes down to in, in, in my mind, Bundy, is how many voters look at it and say well there's a there's the separate award for goal, the best goalie. Yep. So why why would we you know why waste a vote on him here when he's he's very likely going to win the Vesna Trophy anyway? Um, and my argument is the Hart Trophy is the best player. It Doesn't matter what position you are. Totally it doesn't matter if there's agree. another yep. trophy that yep. you can get.
0: Right? So if the best player was a defenseman, they deserve the Hart Trophy. If the
3: best player is a goalie, they deserve the Hart Trophy.
0: Um, if his and, numbers and situation aren't enough to garner him legitimate votes for that award, then the question I would ask is. What does a goalie have to do to be in contention for the award? Does he need to have a 950 save percentage? Does he need to, to limit the opposition to like one and a half or 1.6 goals well. against? And, and, especially, again, like, you, and you especially you take, the, into, year, you take into account the, the entire roster. It's well, not as if he's got three li- ridiculously stacked pairings yeah, in front of him. I, I want, it's not as if they play, you know, top to bottom of the lineup, the most defensively sound hockey. It's not, you know, and so he's, in a lot of cases, he's on an island and he's stealing games for them. So, yeah. like, if this isn't enough to get him, like, say, a top three finish, then I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, well, not thing, we. I don't know thing. what the media, the hockey media, is doing.
3: Yeah, well, and I had. I, well, I mean, you're right, Russ. I mean, and, that, and that's 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 kind of like the thing here. And, and one other thing I want to say that, and then I'll throw it to Bundy. The the scoring is up in the NHL this year. Like, there's a lot more scoring this year than has been in recent seasons. Okay, and the the, the numbers are up, and yet he's putting up goaltending numbers that are equivalent to when guys like Brodor were you know were winning were winning Vezina trophies in years when it was you know all defense first games were 2-1 and 3-2 were finals and not 6-4 like we've been getting a lot of this year right so he's putting up that 2.03936 in a season when there when there's a lot more scoring than there has been in recent seasons yep.
1: yeah and, and you know what else? I mean, it, it's happened in other leagues, like Justin Verlander, I was just thinking of the last one. He won he won an MVP as a pitcher, and he goes every five days, right? When yeah, he was yep. with Detroit one of his last couple of years. So you throw that over to it where the goaltender, I mean, I, I'm with you, Anthony. He's stopping pucks like that. The discrepancies are too big based on the numbers. And this is, you know, everyone wants to talk about numbers, right? Analytics. And those numbers certainly t- uh, lead to that. The other issue, too, is... There's just not enough good goalies in this league. There's a lot of bad goalies that are playing every single night. I mean, you're not going to get 30, 30 great goaltenders. And I think that that's coming pretty shining through right now, more so than ever with the league being watered down, more players coming in means more goaltenders. There's not a ton of great goaltenders. And when you got one and you have one and you've built that relationship with him, boy, you got to hang on to that and make sure it lasts as long as you can. Same thing the Flyers want with Carter Hart. They want Carter Hart to be Shesterkin. Uh, Shisterkin just came out of the blue. And sometimes, uh, you know, I wonder, Anthony, when you talk about a young goalie, you know, how much when people not talking about you on your way up has an impact of what you do and you're a good goalie and just nobody's ever said anything about it. And right. this is all kind of new to a guy like Shisterkin where, you know, at times a guy like Carter Hart and goaltenders, he's been feeling pressure. right? He's had people talk about him for seven, six, seven years now. And, um, and you know, but make no mistake, the Flyers very much, like every team in the league, want their young goaltender uh, to become a, a Shusterkin type. That's the vision. That's what everybody wants. I'm
3: going to throw one more defenseman at you, Bundy, and then we can wrap this up. Yep. Just because, Makar is my, I think, is the guy I'm going to go with with Me trophy. too. And, and, and obviously, obviously, everybody's talking about Yosi, But here's a guy that's out there who I think has had a really, really good year, kind of underrated. I mean, you know, everybody talks about Adam Fox as well as 73 points, whatever. But I think Charlie McAvoy in Boston has been sensational. He's had he's got 55 points. He's a plus 29. He ranks top 10 in uh, amongst defensemen in possession possession metrics. Like he does everything well on both ends of the ice, and is a guy. Now you got you got to see, You get to watch a little bit more of uh, of Boston, obviously being an Eastern Conference team. So I just wanted to you know, get your impressions of him as a defenseman. I, I kind of like him as well as a, as a potential guy, maybe right behind Makar
1: dynamic and you know a lot like McCarr too um he's got a lot of energy he brings in the game that's contagious you know in the middle of it does yeah. it a good like he so he when I look at a Charlie McAvoy and I, and I don't know why I'm bringing up this pass but he's exactly the kind of defensive play that if they would have been able to get ghost to three quarters of he would have been fine in his own zone McAvoy is not a he hits sometimes big hits uh but he just has a good stick Really in right. the zone, mm-hmm. and he makes good, smart offensive decisions at the blue line. And he's a guy that doesn't always lead the rush, but he's so smart at joining it. So yes, here's the problem why he won't win it is going right back to what we were talking about. Roman Yossi has 91 points, Right, exactly. And and and, and but I agree. And you know even a guy like uh, I'm just trying to think of someone else who doesn't like a Brandon Carlo, right? Like I you know he's had, yeah. uh, yeah. but he's just a guy you don't you don't really notice him. You don't say much about him. There's good players like that. McAvoy's a great call, Anthony. He really is. Um, there's been some odd uh, you know, all, odd, odd, uh, Calder, uh, uh, defensemen that have won like uh, Mark Giordano won a few years ago. Right. And then you have to look yeah. back and go, Oh my God, Mark Giordano won a, uh, a, excuse a Norris. me, a, a Norris trophy. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Calder, my bad. Um, so it's just odd, but I, I again, I, I, just think that now that where that cream rises to the top, you're seeing those players that were good players look even better now because I just think there's so many players in the league now that are you're not as dynamic as maybe you saw 50, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. There were less teams.
3: Yeah. And, and finally, uh, on the uh, – speaking of the Calder, um, I, to me, I think it's a two-horse race. Um, I, I know that there's some forwards that have had some some nice seasons. You know, everybody's going to talk about Z-grass and in and, and Anaheim mm-hmm. and Bunting in Toronto. Uh, but to me, I, I think that the two guys that have impressed me more than anybody as rookies is uh, Boston goalie Jeremy Swayman. Mm-hmm. come in and have the season that he's had. I and mean, he's 2.37, 9.15 save percentage on a playoff team, um, you know, to come in and, and be that guy uh, for them this year. And the other one that I think is kind of maybe maybe lost a little bit because it's a, a, a defenseman, a defenseman that doesn't score, but a defenseman I really like is in Detroit, Moritz um, Sider. Um, and I think that those two guys – to me, I'm, I'm I'm a little back and forth between them. I'm probably gonna go with Swayman, uh, just because of, you know uh, of the of the season that he's had. But I, I think those two guys have impressed me more than anybody else.
1: Yeah, and there's there's you know the list is probably it's a lot deeper, right? Before you'd almost know who the, a lot of these winners were by yeah a month before the season, people are yeah. had their ballots cast. But it does make it interesting, Anthony. And and again, and you know what's funny? I think when you look at this, except for maybe. Maybe McDavid, who will probably, I, I mean, unless just and McDavid, probably, I just have a feel it'd be the sexy pick. But there's a lot of new names that are coming up in all this, like guys' names. It's not the same old thing every year, which tells right. you that there is a there is a changing of a guard, in a, in a sense. There's guys yeah. that are scoring 36, 37 goals I'd never heard of before the, the year they came into the league, you know. so uh, that's and, none cool. <laughs> and none of them
0: play for the Flyers.
1: And none of them play for the Flyers. I mean, how about Vegas? So I mean, that's we we listen. We could go all day, but I mean that that Vegas has got to be. You know, you know it's funny? I don't believe the acquisition of Jack Eichel had anything to do with what happened uh, to Vegas, but I believe it had everything to
3: do with what happened. To Vegas. Yes, I, yeah, I know what you're exactly what you're saying there, buddy. Uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, when you spend so, that kind of when you spend that kind of money and you have that kind of team and you add that player, it's supposed to be one thing, and then it's. It was something completely different, and it just didn't work. And now you have to wonder if your Vegas is this the right mix? Yeah, like, well, if you bring this, if you bring this group hurt. back, yep, yeah. you've well, changed, that,
1: You're right. You might have changed the look of your team because you brought one guy in and it forced an opinion on that team that maybe necessarily it didn't deserve. Right, uh, exactly. That's, you know, I know what you're saying. So it's weird. It's uh, it's strange. And you you're, now you're gonna wonder too. And what you've done now to Jack Eichel uh, is you've had people form their opinions on him now. Like that guy right. will be forever known as a loser until he ends up winning.
3: Correct, correct. He'll get he'll be he'll get the Giroud treatment in a lot of ways in Vegas. In Some ways, yeah. Yeah, in a in lot of ways. Way. And their the, their big uh, mistake, of course, that was not they made up they made the mistake in, in goal. They let go let go of Flurry and kept Leonard, and that was yeah. that was the bad bad choice. But anyway, Russ, you can wrap right. this thing up.
0: Wrap it up, Russ. Uh, hey, we uh, you know, I'm always talking about how with with hockey, you. There, there is a certain kind of barrier that exists, a uh, financial barrier for a lot of people, and I'm always sitting on this show calling out, you know, when are we going to see a program? When are we going to see something that um, makes hockey more accessible for especially kids and, and families who might not have the financial resources to to participate? And the Flyers announced that they're bringing back their Learn to Play Summer Ball hockey program, um, which is really cool. It, it's only $35. $35. Uh, they, they, I think they made the announcement very recently here, uh, but it's for all kids from ages three to nine, I believe it is. Let me just pull this up. Yep. All, uh, it's a summer program for kids age three to nine. Um, it's, they have registration open now, com slash ball hockey through Tuesday, May 3rd. Uh, programs start on May 7th. So if you have, uh, you know, if, A kid in your family, or if there's somebody, you know, who might be interested in in this kind of program that might not otherwise have some of those resources. It's only $35. It's awesome. Great thing. Uh, It's also going to include Flyers branded equipment, including a street hockey stick ball and reversible penny. So that's really cool. I think it's awesome that they're doing this. I want more of this. I think this is fantastic. I will. I think this is something that we can all get behind. We'll continue to promote here. Anything that can be done, and especially when you have an organization uh, that has such a strong tie historically to their community, it's great. You see what they're doing with the rink in Kensington, right? And you see something like this. I love this kind of thing. I will gladly go out of my way to promote anything that we can do to get kids, especially you know kids who might not otherwise be able to afford to participate in, in hockey and in the game of hockey, to get them some exposure to it at an early age. So again, kids age three to nine, yeah. 35 dollars. Fantastic program. Go check it out. PhiladelphiaFlyers.com/slash-ball-hockey.
1: Great stuff. I think that's us. it, guys. Great stuff. Great show I think, today. I, I think that's blast. I have my partner, a lot of fun. Other partners on, but you know what, guys, you are my real
0: partners here every week. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I I'm excited to see what we do here, and, and I think honestly, if if, if we are being truthful to the audience we could sit here and fill out an hour's worth of content every week from now until next hockey season and we would be fine but there is something nice about being able to intersperse something that is new and is upcoming and is engaging and ice wars international i think is gonna be a lot of fun and it's certainly going to garner a lot of headlines it's certainly going to get a lot of attention and so you know assuming that we're able to pull some more of their people in here over the next few weeks over the next few months I think there's gonna be a lot of fun stuff that we can do with that, and it'll kind of give people a, a little bit of um, I don't know something something special when they come to snow the goalie, not just the Flyers talk, but also you know get a little bit of this ice war stuff. I really just want to hear Bundy on commentary. That's what I'm here for. Um, we're gonna have to get it on fight, you and, know and you I want, want, want to on? hear I want it's to hear horrible. unfiltered Bundy calling some some fights. Just just, just think the WWE desk,
1: you know, and all you guys at home are pretending you don't listen. Stop lying. You watch like I do, and everyone else does. I'm not going to tell you if it's real or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's still real. <laughs> hey,
1: listen, I'm looking forward to it, guys. Looking forward to your support, and, and it gives us, you're right, another avenue. Something different in, in the world of combat sports. Give it a shot, and uh, uh, it'll make it interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Looking yeah. forward to it. Fantastic. All right, boys. That was a good episode. Guys, And uh, ending on a positive note. Look at us. Could this be – it's because the season's over. That's why. <laughs> Let's be real here. We don't have the slog anymore. We don't sit here and go, holy shit, there's 18 games left. No, there's one game left. By the time you listen to this podcast, there's one game left in this futile Flyers season. Then we get to turn the page. We get to hope. We get to hope for lottery luck. Who knows? Anything can happen, and that's why you listen to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. So for Ant, find him on Twitter, at AntSan Philly. For Bundy – on Twitter, at cterian6. I'm Russ, at Joy on Broad. You can find links and all that wonderful stuff in the description of this episode. Remember, we are available on every podcast platform you could possibly want. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Remember, you can ask Siri, ask Google, ask Alexa to play the newest episode of Snow the Goalie, a Flyers podcast. Hands free. Majestic stuff. And, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, over on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel, we are getting higher and higher numbers every week. It appears as though... Some people like to watch the hilarity unfold on this show, even more than just listen to it. So we're working on that. We're going to continue to gussy that stuff up. Something else I'm kind of working on behind the scenes here with the video, so we'll see how that goes. But for now, make sure you follow us over on Twitter, at Snow the Goalie. Follow the Facebook page, uh, Snow the Goalie. And remember, if you're on Twitter, we have the Snow the Goalie community, where sometimes we'll break some news early. We might ask for some, some feedback, some questions, comments, concerns, So make sure you get in on the action there as well. So for Ant, for Bundy, I'm Russ. Talk to you next week.